Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. And, you know, we don't have Ed with us. He's had to run some some family errands this week, so he is not able to join us. Um, last week, we covered a lot of the um, 3D scanning um, and how that is used, which we'll cover that again uh, probably next week with Ed. Uh, we'll bring him in um, because, you know, that's something that we find interesting. Um, some that we can find usable. Um, you know, I've definitely been following some of the forums and some of the, I guess you could say, social media channels and stuff like that for the for the scanner I'm getting and seeing what people are doing with them. Um, you know, they've figured out a way to um, uh, to get into uh, dental practices um, and stuff like that right now. So they're makes sense. They're kind of being used for everything. You know. Yeah. They. I mean, I remember getting. Um standing in that machine having to bite down on a certain uh like like the x-ray machine or mm. or whatever at the dentist and they would make a mold of your teeth so yeah that yeah, makes sense but this week we're going to uh talk about welding in space not welding yeah. but sorry 3d printing in space sorry yeah, we got, we're, had welding on the mind there for a second <laughs> um you know, 3D printing in space, uh, the big thing is, you know, when you think about it, it's, you know, we'll probably take it to multiple different ways. You know, you think you know, going getting to space, um, coming home from space, and, uh, you know, while I'm there, might as well do something productive, you know, type of 3D printing. Right. So, you know, um, what do you think? Um. I so I can I mean for me it's this is such a vague it's such a broad topic I should say um, that I could take it in a lot of different directions but I think I kind of want to go with like if I was just an average you know person that's, that was interested in space or anything like that what would I say what would I what questions would I ask um, so it's like how do we get into space with 3D printing right so using 3D printing as like a means to build whatever rocket like relativity space is immediate like one I'm thinking of because they not only did they make a process very simple to um, sim- very simple to um, to make a rocket, rocket engine, top to bottom, they built it. Um, the the other side of the house is that they've reduced the the amount of time it takes for um, rocket launches, so we're able to get more objects into space. Um, so, for me, I think that printing in space is a goal, though. Printing in a vacuum is something that, like, I've I've got questions about. I've never, I don't, I don't. I got I don't know enough about but it's cur- it makes me curious because we talk FDM printing we talk resin printing and these are all different chemical reactions or or certain types of processes to get materials down I'm I'm very curious on how things are affected in space um I, I've read a few things and kind of it, it's hard to experiment in space cuz it's just hard to get into space so I think that um that would be where my mind goes, and and honestly, uh, I don't know if you've thought about it much, but like I we watched the Terran one launch, it it was it was crazy to see. I got it as my screensaver. Um, so we know can, yeah, we know that a print can withstand uh, the the force needed to get it into orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So to me, that answers my question. How do we get there? They figured it out. They got Kuka robot arms. The was it the Stargate printer? Yeah, Stargate. They got multiple. Yeah, so they've 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 got it down to a science, um, but but they took rapid iteration to space and to 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 aeronautics in that sense. But like, y- you can't treat the same uh, rocket like if we got to the moon, let's say, and I want to build a rocket and shoot it off of the moon or something, or Mars and build a rocket and I want to shoot stuff back. To, to the to Earth or whatever we're exchanging resources, would I still have the same printing method? Mm, that's it. You know, <laughs> you got a point there. Would I treat it the same way? Like, how do I print when I get into another place that's not Earth? Right, a caustic environment or something that's yeah. going to be you know a, a problem. You know, it's like when you start thinking about. You know, we've been, ironically, ever since really you started seeing the dawn of 3D printing, somebody has figured out how to make a combustion chamber. Um, you know, most of, the, most of the rockets now, most of the complex combustion chambers are 3D printed. Um, you know, SpaceX has been doing it. A lot of people have been doing it. But, you know, Relativity is the one who, you know, took it, well, to a whole another level um, and figured out how to do wire weld FDM. I guess you could say, because, you know, it's printing with a robot. It's using a big, long cable, which, honestly, if you put two and two together, it's FDM. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, I, if you think about it in a weird way, the, you know, Stargate is one giant FDM printer. Um, you know, it's got material cable, you know, and the extruder is the big welder on the end. Um, but... You know, the thing is, is we've been seeing like 3D printers making the International Space Station since 2014 um, throughout the years. So and, you know, the thing is, is I I was reading something that their biggest problem they have is the fact that every material acts differently when it gets there. They're not exactly sure what it's going to do. Like they just got their first metal 3D printer, I think, just recently. If I'm not mistaken. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, you, you like we can we can touch on. I mean, the material sciences just in and of itself. We're we're not even done experimenting on Earth. Like we, the, Adidas making the shoe that that's able to withstand like however so many steps. Uh, I think it was like nine thousand or something like that, 90, mm-hmm. 90 miles or something like that. Um, but we we're innovating here and using thermal and. Um, other uh, bonding ways, curing curing methods, things like that, to to make a print sturdy and strength uh, strengthen it. So I mean, I think it's just a matter of doing. Who's gonna be up there? It's it's hard to it's hard to know what to do, mm. but. I think one of the the first one of the biggest issues that spaceships and astronauts have to work uh, work on is is we were talking about the cold welds earlier. It, you're absolutely right. Is how do you how do you plan for the unexpected, right? Because um, you, you you don't experiment like with cold welds on on Earth. Well, probably do now, but like mm. you don't before you go into space, you don't you don't experiment on that. Right. And, you know, the last thing you want to do is you want to have a, you know, all hell moment, you know, um, we've all had them, you know, when it comes down to with 3D printers and stuff like that, everybody's had one of those moments and it's never an aha moment. It's all hell. Um, yeah. you know, it, it's never anything good. Um, but which kind of, which kind of makes me wonder, 
we're dealing in a zero gravity or low gravity, you know, environment, you know, up there. And we start talking about um, the powder bed fusion. Yeah. And you start dealing with, um, you know, stuff like that. How do we make sure there's no gaps in between the layers of powder bed fusion because the actual powder should be impacted by um, gravity unless the printer is under vacuum? Yeah, it's that exactly. That's so it it have to be under vacuum, which in my eyes, if there's no external force on that, essentially it could still work because it's 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 uh welding right so light light even light in a vacuum moves at the same speed so yeah it's 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 crazy to see it's it's like one of those experiments that i would like to try right mm-hmm. so it, that's weird because it's like when you expect at least exactly you know I, I the thing is is you know you definitely think of that you may have particles not all there because people are getting things are getting up and moving or shifting or something like that. You know, it lays the powder that comes back and zips it with a laser little by little, you know? So it's like, does it ever make it to the end without having a problem? But, you know, that's probably something that, you know, the, the bigger brains at NASA have quite figured out, you know, that, Hey, we can figure this thing out by, you know, working around a problem, which, you know, is a million million mile an hour problem, but sometimes ignoring the problem gets you to another solution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always an option. You know. Well, there's a way. <laughs> right. Yeah, and I mean, that's, that's true. I, I, yeah. It's, you know, it's hard to do. Yeah, and the thing is, is you know, we 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 think you think about you know how hard it is to print well on this planet. Um, could you imagine when we start getting colonization? Um, and, you know, other parts, you know, I, I understand that, you know, 3d printing as far as, you know, the orbital reaches of the international space station are, are there to help with, um, um, you know, curing of diseases, finding of new molecular structures, um, you know, supporting material sciences and stuff like that by the national science foundation, um, you know, amongst other things, um, you know, maybe they might find something fun to fun to do, but you know, for them, it's you know, work, 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 work. You know, not a whole lot of fun. But you know, I don't see how you know, floating around in space and looking down at Earth is a is a boring day. But you know, still, yeah, right? that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> well, after 180 days of it, you're like, all right. <laughs> or I don't think it would change for me to be honest with you. Or if you're our Canadian colleagues, 360 something. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, he's up there for he was up there for what a year, um, but yeah, he said he wasn't he didn't ha- he didn't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you start to experience like um, muscle degradation and um, or muscle atrophy and and things like that. Like, it's also not good for the the psyche to be mm-hmm. alone for that long, right? Well, you know, some people say it changes your taste and stuff like that. You know, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it's it's not. I mean, you, you you raise a good point. You have to not only think about the materials, but like, what about the 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 operator, right? Like, are we gonna have these as 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 AI if they're printing in space? Like, do we are we able to put a um, some type of software package onto a? Uh, we're able to do a lander like that. Put a software package on there and have it automatically land, right? 
Yeah, you code it halfway between before you even get to the ground, yeah. Hey, well, listen, is every code perfect and not all code made the same? <laughs> no, but sometimes you have to make sure you put a, you know, a sign on a switch that says, please hit me. Yeah, you, know? you make that one, like, <laughs> orange or red. <laughs> it wasn't part of the work instruction. Yeah, um, yeah, we left it out. Yeah, good old I am one. Um, <laughs> if y'all haven't want bad to watch that, 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 that landing, go ahead and go back and do that. That was pretty cool. Um, but you know, like you said, using using AI to to do that type of stuff. If you think about it, you know, you can easily do you know with the AI part. You're doing like a you know a 3D printing CRM. You know, as far as you know, orbital CRM with you know with 3D printing, it's hey, I'm low on this part. Let me print another one. You know, I'm low on this part. I'm printing another one. You know, always yeah. keep the stocks stocking ranges high. You know, and now if you start dealing with you know, hey, we're printing on the moon. You know, the moon has a whole other gravitational problem. Um, so, yeah. you know, that's, you know, that's one thing you got to deal with. I, I would think that would be phase one, though. Like if I was like trying to work on like printing in lower gravity, the moon still has it's in Earth's gravity. So it's got a little bit of the gravity. So I think that would be a good place to start an experiment from. Mm -hmm. I think. I mean, in my mind, and, and they're probably – I think we read plans on this, but I, the moon – there needs to be a lab on the moon. And I'm not saying that – I mean, we treat it – we treat it like – we treat Antarctica. Like, we have, like, posts where there's people, like, experimenting, finding – learning new things, like, monitoring um, the glaciers, uh, if it's a reduction, movement, water levels. Why, why can't we do that the same with, like, the moon? Like, it, I, they've they've mapped a lot of the craters – but like you set a base on the moon that's a lab you can also experiment on what they keep trying to put a lander on the dark side of the moon mm -hmm. so i mean it's freezing but you just have to be in a spacesuit right orbital penguins <laughs> you know it's i think i think you're onto something but you know and i think that the fact that you know if you have you know, an orbiting lab, not just, you know, as the ISS or what's soon going to be new, re uh, the orbital reef, um, and then, which is a whole nother bag of animals, um, you know, orbital reef, then you've got the um, Artemis outpost that's going to be circling the moon uh, gateway, um, you know, then you have whatever is going on on the surface, you know, conducting experiment, experiments and stuff like that, you know, on board the um, the landers and stuff like that, as far as, you know, from SpaceX and from Blue Origin, you know, if you, if you start thinking about it, you start bringing, you know, 3d printers down, you can start using those 3d printers to, to develop your tools. Cause the thing is, is it's like, Hey, I need this new tool, but I need to do this. Okay. Well, let me send the CAD file via satellite uplink to your 3d printer and your satellite, you know, your 3d printer starts printing that. Um, yeah. that could be a way around, the logistical issues um, and stuff like that when you start talking about long range because, you know, the deep space networks, you know, from NASA can easily shoot that material deep into the, into the, um, uh, you know, the far reaches of the, the uh, uh, well, the orbital atmosphere. Well, you, you make a good point though. Like, uh, I mean, they're able to get you resources and get you files and things like that. So like it's 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 such a good position for um, um, I guess experimentation. I mean you could see what, how things behave and then we could test them a little bit easier. Um, you know, getting to Mars, things mm -hmm. like that. So 
You start dealing with over-the-horizon manufacturing at that point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it's not going to – all of it's innovation, right? At a certain point, it's going to be – we're going to have to rapidly um, iterate, so rapidly prototype. But we're also – like if you can get that rapid prototyping at the edge of the atmosphere, like you, you really can – I bet you take them – I mean – a year maybe two and they're ready to go through with um having maybe even some type of satellite launch that prints that's printing part of itself or something like that or it's um the tough part is is the the problem with uh additive manufacturing and going into space is that you pretty much have to bring the material with you that you're going to make it out of anyways so yeah uh, you can't really go add more of it without affecting you know the trajectory of your uh, uh your ship there so yeah and what now the, the other thing is, is what happens if you you know have a you know a, a spaghetti monster and uh you know now what do you do reject the satellite and send it back into orbit i mean you know, back into the uh, back of the earth and back 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 to earth and you know burn up on reentry because well guess what it printed and stick um yeah, yeah. yeah, it could be possible, you know. And the thing is, is that's when you start dealing with, you know, larger satellites building microsats. You know, you put little robots on there, and they're building the microsats. You know, the like communication gateways and stuff like that. Right. Um, hell, they're 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 doing communication over over lasers now. So it's the thing is, is you know, all you're doing is at that point printing targets. You know, yeah. printing targets and letting them go. You know, so you can you know test that type of stuff. So. Yeah, we're getting to a point where even like, um, I I would say, uh, your prints get smarter, or even even we're talking small satellite printing. It probably could even go to, um, you know, uh, some type of space station printing modules of itself, where it's like, hey guys, we're gonna send up this this uh Falcon Nine filled with uh whatever material that we just whatever alloy we just developed. Uh, we need you guys to build this module for your space for your station, right? I, and and just you all you have to do is connect it connect it on and the printer will make will make mm-hmm. the, the module connected to itself i mean maybe even fused to itself like that that makes sense but, yeah. yeah i mean it's there's just a lot of possibilities yeah and you start dealing with like stir welding and friction welding and like what you what we talked about earlier the cold shot welding you know stuff like that you know yeah. the thing is it's you know i you know have to wonder if the first printer to make it to the surface of the moon is going to be the ender 3 uh yeah no see that was another way, direction that i would i could have taken this like printing in space like okay uh, we're not uh, maybe address the, the 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 normal consumer uh, we're not taking your ender 3 to space <laughs> that's not what we mean when we're talking 3d printing in space that's 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 your standard fdm or some people would say fff um but it's it's something that um uh it's something that i think would be interesting uh, but at the end of the day, I think it will not work. <laughs> I don't know. Well, everybody's first printer is the, is a, is an Ender three. Why can't it be the same? Why can't it be the moon's first 3d printer? Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those, you know, everybody sees it as a running gag that everybody starts the Ender three and, you know, there's a, there's a chance that, you know, eventually something is going to start with Ender three. However, I think we're going to be dealing with stuff that's a little bit more, uh, more robust. You know, maybe, you know, if anything, we'll send up, uh, you know, like a concrete 3D printer or something that can build uh, habitation modules 
you know, on board the international, on board the, the moon surface out of the regolith that's actually already located there. Didn't, um, didn't Orbital E have something like this that they were talking about? Or maybe, maybe I'm thinking it just had like a unit with three robot arms on it. Yeah, that it does. Okay, I'm thinking of that because because I mean we talked about it in the like what two episodes ago or two pot or two weeks I don't remember uh, a few a few episodes ago we talked about printing on um, another planet uh, for some reason that 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 model is just kind of sticking out in my brain is like <laughs> printing on another planet printing a habitat right yeah orbital E does have a um... Uh, that, that, I think it's a quad robot stack that they use with the uh, robot arms uh, from KUKA. Um, you know, uh, you know. Shout out to those guys. Hope those are, hope they're doing well. You know, sorry we can't see you this year at Rapid, but uh, hope we'll catch you next year. Um, so, um, you know, it, it's just some of the stuff, especially if you start talking about you know using pretty much printing itself with itself. Um, we have, uh, you know, the earth has a simulated moon regolith because we've, you know, we've kind of, you know, dealt with it, you know, for what, 10 years, uh, flying people to the moon. So, so they kind of know the sand, what the dirt's like and what the, you know, the, 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 the ground is made out of, you know, they're still trying to find the whole water thing and aliens, but, um, you know, they can at least use that compound. I think you can buy it commercially now and, um, turn it into some sort of, you know, extruded or extrudable, uh, material. You know, it might be the first time that we're sending Quickrete to the moon, but, you know, something may may happen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's 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 something that you, you have to – you need – when when you're trying to, like, terraform another planet or you're trying to move into, like, um, uh, build humanity onto another civilization, you're trying to make even more cities. What, what's the first thing you have to do when you make a city? You got to make the fu- – you, you got to make the roads. Yeah. Uh, like you got to start with infrastructure, so roads, housing for the people. The, and then, then once housing is done, you, you you can create labs, you can create schools, you can create you know factories and things like that. But it all starts with the housing, and and the easiest way that I mean we talked about it with relativity space making the printing of a rocket ship so much easier, cutting off hundreds of hundreds of workers that need to touch this thing, uh, hundreds of thousands of hours it takes to to make a rocket uh the similar thing can be said for the concrete printers in the house that print houses for Mm -hmm. i think they're printing in what arizona right now so yeah new mexico or something like that now mind you when we're talking about you know you know the first thing you do is put down roads mind you if you ever visit the great state of south carolina you realize that was not their priority um, well, not the first place. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was it was never put you the know. roads down. There's just they just never they never looked at them again. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, is you know, I wouldn't say that you know we're trying to terraform the moon. I, and I really want to say you know, we're we're going there for a long periods of time for study and then leaving. Um, yeah. you know, no no need to stay there if we don't have to. What? Um. You know, and kind of move on to something else. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, the moon, um, the moon's got to be a, a got to be a rest stop, if anything. The one thing I worry about is that if we continue, like, to add, we're, we're taking resources from Earth and p- building on the moon. So at some point, those things do have a weight, and you know, mm, what goes okay. up must come down. <laughs> I can, yep. You see, I'm saying at, at yeah. some point, if we try, that's why I, th- I say like a lab has to be because it's got to be minimum and it's got to be, it's got to be very calculated because y- y- I think the we're losing the moon like very slowly. It's like a couple centimeters or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like when you start building stuff, you'll start realizing that it's coming back. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they they can add some they can add some 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 calculated thrust to get it back into a certain orbit, but. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's why I think it is all, I also think it's dangerous to build on the moon. And that's where I kind of wonder, you know, and the thing is, is, you know, as we're dealing with 3d printing and stuff like that, you start really looking towards, you know, SpaceX and their use of starship, you know, you can have the starship, you know, carrying these 3d printers and stuff like that for use. And then you can interlock the starship. You should be able to interlock the starships together and create a, you know, an outpost. And then when you're ready to dedock, you remove one and leave, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. The thing is, is make sure you have a good, you know, blast area or somebody's going to get caked and God knows what. But, you know, that, that goes back to the fact of, you know, prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Um, and Yeah, it's true. And, I mean, when you contract the work, though. <laughs> yeah, point taken. Check check the contractor's work. That's all yeah. Yeah, that that's definitely a you know fair point, and it's like, you know, the thing is, is none of that takes away from the fact of you know three D printing in space is is hard, but yeah. it's not impossible. It's you know it's not we 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 see them printing you know like I said on the International Space Station, we see them printing in you know in vacuum, we see them printing things that survive, you know thousands of degrees Kelvin for extended periods of time um on entry and re-entry you know if you think about it we're bringing um you know 3d printed engines to and from you know earth um you know if uh who is it rocket lab uh rocket lab has a theory of when in doubt i'm gonna you know bullet strike this thing into earth you know, and recover it, you know, under a parachute, you know, so they do a splashdown, they pick it up and, you know, load on the back of a ship and drag it home. Um, Unlike, you know, SpaceX, who, you know, kind of comes hurling down into Earth and, you know, stops on a dime. Um, But the thing is, is both of their engines are 3D printed. Um, So you start dealing with a Rutherford engine from um uh rocket lab which is a great engine by the way um it's battery operated and you know fuel pumps are battery operated it's you know amazing but the thing is it's 3d printed and we've seen those things take re-entries we've seen the we've seen the um uh the falcon 9 you know uh, engines and also the merlins you know take freaking um uh you know re-entries and the thing is, is, you can turn on the fire and back off again. I believe Rocket Lab is getting, it just flew the first reflyable Merlin engine ever. Oh wow! Um, on this past launch or two launches ago, I think they did. They brought it back, refurbished it, and stuck it back on the. I think they even did less refurbishment. I think they just cleaned it off and threw it back on another rocket. 
Um, and this is a, and, and this is kind of where you start dealing with 3D printing composites that kind of baffles the mind. You got this machine, you got this, 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 this engine that just got up to what, a couple thousand degrees Kelvin, you'd think you flying, you know, using, yeah, yeah. you know, like a methylox. Um, yeah. You're, you know, getting at orbital speeds, orbital velocities, and then coming out of orbit, you know, screaming through the atmosphere, splashing into water and oh, you're, Salt water, that, yeah, exactly, and you're still usable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's impressive. It's impressive because, like, I mean, uh, Tesla Tesla figured out with the with the auto launch the 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 um, land, landing pad that they have the little boat. Um, I, to be honest with you, that that makes me think that NASA or not NASA SpaceX also probably have a way to figure out how the, to land like that they can do that on the moon but they don't they can't hit the moon with a rocket like they can <laughs> right you know testing here <laughs> so it's, you don't get as many opportunities on the moon right and you know that's when because the thing is if you think about it their reentry speed as far as you know on their engines and stuff like that and the heat that they're generating the atmosphere itself is breaking the actual, you know, the, the thrust. So, which to me, I still wonder, I gotta, I gotta, I want to look into it a little bit more is, is it it, the, um, um, what is it? The plasma, the jet coming around the motors as it's coming back through entry, protecting those 3d printed components from the heat of reentry. Yeah, I think are they like it's like are they deflecting or are they absorbing or is there a heat sink of some type? Um, I, I'm assuming that there's a heat sink that's also assisting, mm-hmm. uh, but it's hard it's hard to say because like I, where would it be? I know they fire them off, you know, as they're coming in to kind of you know protect everything and you know coat everything with a plume, but yeah, never know. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard. I mean ro- the, the the rocket engines are are already they've got to produce the the highest amount of thrust. You think about what the engines that jets have, like the the F what is it? What are we at? Thirty the F thirty five now. Mm-hmm. The, the those engines probably about as strong as is like two of them could be like a well. Because the Falcons have smaller ones. The um, the Falcon rockets, what are they? Uh, I can't remember the name right now off the top of my head. Yeah, um, yeah. Raptor. Raptor engines. Raptor engines. So, like, there's there's Raptor heavy, and then there's a Raptor, which is, like, our standard or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you th- if I would say two jet engines could probably equate one of those rocket engines. Yeah. But it's, it's about weight versus thrust, right? Because a jet is so much, so much light, more lightweight. Honestly, what if, what if we could uh, 3D print like that? Makes me think about 3D printed spaceships as far as like um, maybe in the form of a jet that has some type of thrusters. Um, and and I know that's long term, right? But at the end of the day, what if we've made our 3D printed rocket? Why can't we make 3D printed, um, you know, spaceships or, or or jets like that? Yeah, um, I think it would be possible. Yeah, I that's mean, interesting. Develop the new alloy, right? Like, right. And we have... do have material out there that is able to put out its own fire. You know, if we think about it, 
like for example, Prusa Research just got. I saw an email last night. I think or something on X last night that they got approved for the UL rating for their pet G. Oh so, wow! So a self-extinguishing pet G, and you know just that alone, especially dealing with like orbital mechanics and stuff like that is, is a game changer because that type of material you can use on the international space station have to worry about flame being spread. Yeah. You know? and what if you could take that a step further and it could also help with the suppression? Yeah, exactly. Like you have, you have, so I, the, what I think of is like, okay, you see there's a fire in like Bay six, whatever this, this little, uh, kind of robot, like a Roomba that has a little baby Kuka arm and some material on it can make its way over, uh, probably via some type of rail system and then close a room off with it or mm-hmm. close the area off or close the flame off period with it and, and suppress the flame. Yeah. It's, you know, it's pretty cool. You know, the UL for rating is expensive. It's like $50 a kilo. Um, yeah. So it's not like anybody's ever, all everybody's going to be playing with it. But the thing is, it's still, that type of material is out there. And, you know, it's, it, you know, I know we're printing with, with high level of, of alloys and, you know, materials and stuff like that on the International Space Station. But, you know, sometimes just the easier filaments, like you start talking about the UL filaments, the self-extension filaments, the ones from, not just from, uh, Prusa, but also from all the other companies that have them. Um, you know, that's that's a game changer when you start talking about life, limb, and safety as far as you know, the ability to use that material for, you know, stuff that could, you know, particularly protect people. Yeah, and and the, the amount of bravery it takes to go out there with these – with um, – like, I know there's no one's been on the 3D printed rocket, but eventually I bet you they'd print a passenger rocket, right? Um, I don't know if they've talked about it already, but... Um, that I've not heard. Yeah, it would make sense, though. I mean, for what are we... For Starship's the only one right now that's uh, in the SLS, right? Um, maybe maybe the um, European Space Agency has a couple ships that they have, or... Meh, um, yeah. does Blue Origin still launch people? Yeah, well, they do suborbital. Station, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, they so, do suborbital. I mean, that's it's it's becoming more and more prevalent. But um, for me, I'm just saying, like, I I would expect uh, just how things go with like wanting to cut costs and increase efficiency. 3D printing is going to be how most rockets will be made, uh, unless unless it's proven some type of way that they are not as efficient right mm-hmm. or or stable but i think we've seen i think we've seen enough of it to know it it, it can make it um, we we've sent people ever since spacex started flying you know people and being rated for human spaceflight we've seen 3d printing take people into orbit um you know the capsule and you know and protect them for most of the way because spacex's helmets for their crew missions are all 3d printed um the engines that are on not just the um um the merlins or sorry the raptors but also the super dracos that are on the um the capsules are all 3d printed um their combustion chambers are 3d printed um so 3d printing is getting people to space it's just not the entire surround thing um you know once we start getting the capsule 
then you know we have an entire life cycle. Here. Did not they also start print three D printing the helmets for the uh, spacesuits? Yep. Um, yep. So they can make sure that they're formed correctly. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 helping. I mean, in that sense, like going at high speeds or like entering or exiting um, like an atmosphere, I can understand wanting to probably be in a rocket for more protection. But like, if you're gonna trust your your helmet to be um, to hold up in the vacuum of space, like I I would assume I would trust a rocket, right? Yeah. Uh, 3D printed rocket. I can definitely see that. You know, all your safety features are pretty much 3D printed now. You know, and as as we move forward with with Boeing's um uh, launch in the next what couple weeks, I think um Starliner is going back up again. Um, I think they'll start you know releasing what what they've been doing. Um, they're not as open to talk about you know their stuff as say. You know, SpaceX is because well, look who the CEO is. Um, yeah, he don't care. You know, yeah, that and well, the thing is, is he's very open about the fact that he wants things to be open source, and you know, that's why he talks to to, to you know James Dodd and stuff like that, the everyday astronaut on YouTube, and he has those conversations with him, and he explains to him, you know, kind of what's going on, and he walks through the thing. Is well, the thing is, is he wants to breed people to be not just the next him, but to be curious to. You know, want to build these things, wants to get into these things. Like what we're trying to do with STEM and trying to get people involved in added manufacturing and subtractive manufacturing and smart manufacturing and, you know, the automotive aftermarket. You know, the thing is, is he's doing that at a bigger level, trying to get people more attention. The thing is, is it's all interconnected. It's one big giant, you know, circle because everybody's trying to help for that one little thing that makes more sense you know and so he's very open about that he's very open source um what he open source the entire uh layout for the um um tesla um the first tesla they ever made is all of the plans he ever did with that he released them to the open source um and a lot of that car was 3d printed surprisingly um now it's orbiting mars um but you know, the thing is, is, you know, we see additive manufacturing now in, in realms we never thought we'd see it before. Yeah, it's it's gone so much further than, like, just printing, like, at the house or something like that. But, um, I mean, there's many different types. I don't think we have had a episode where we talk about uh, <laughs> 3D printing food or anything like that. But I think it's also something that, like, eventually could be possible, right? <laughs> Very much so. So technically, if you really think about it, especially touching on that subject, then you can technically go to space with nothing, you know, unless you, you know, except for the clothes you need and the materials you need to create what you're going to eat for the next six to eight months. Yeah, exactly. Like you can have a way to, um, if you have a way to preserve materials or if you can get a, you can get a, a certain weight ratio correct. You don't yeah. really have to launch anything else with you. Like it's it's something um, like I think one of the uh, the astronauts that was talking about, that helped with the first three D print in space or on the ISS. They were saying like uh, as of now, if there's a failure, they're completely reliant on the um, you know uh, the workers or um, government agencies working on the ground 
getting them their supplies? Well, what if they already had the supplies and the things they needed? Yeah. Yeah. It'd that makes sense. Much more self-sufficient. And honestly, it would be cheaper for all the taxpayers that are paying to put these ships into orbit. Right. It's cheaper because, you know, you can pack more on. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is, I really think we're going to see more and more and more and more. Um happen with 3d printing and you know orbital rockets and stuff like that as soon as that three letter agency decides to get their head out the butt you know and release it better know as the faa um you know i i think once like nasa's all for it the faa on the other hand hell they're still they're still diehard set that the, the these this 3d printing stuff doesn't work on airplanes um you know i or anything that's carrying passengers which that's been proven wrong quite a few times but yeah, I mean, if you forget the door plugs anyways, you're not going to work. Uh, right, right. You know, we all can't be Boeing. You um, miss, <laughs> if, you miss, if you miss a part, it's a missed part, no matter if that part was printed or not. I mean, I think that it's, it's relativity space has, has proven it at least. Yeah, I think I think FAA finally got it through their head that, hey, guess what? We need to be open to this. Um, this is something that is going to happen. Uh, you just hold on for the ride. You know, sooner or later, we'll see it available for commercial space flight. I think once we see the ability to use 3D printed parts, which I which I hear here is coming, um, at least metal ones on, um, you know, commercial aircraft, we'll see an entire industry, an entire age of, um, you know, things take off from there because then people will be like, OK, cool. Now we can really push the envelope. Um, you know, I think we're there. We're on the way there, I think, at least. But, but a few, I mean, all of our astronauts are are very bright, bright-minded yeah. people. But you just you, you get one that's like a little bit too too interested in printing, and and you're gonna start getting some cool things. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is sometimes I wonder if, you know, if they sit down with these guys and you know actually have those conversations, um, you know, about hey, this is what you can do with a 3D printer, and this is the type of stuff that you know you can experiment with. Um, you know, this is stuff you can you can print. You know, as long as we know, you know what the the environmental factors are, it's at that point pretty easy to you know to figure out. Hey, guess what? This is how you do this. This is how you do this. You know, I'm not sending you up there with a you know with an indoor bamboo lab. I'll tell you that. You know, it's going to be something a little bit more substantial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you need a, you need an enclosure of some type. I think it's got to be developed. I mean, it's probably there's the one on the space station now, and they sent the metal one that we were talking about earlier. But there's got to be just like how when um, 3D printers first came out, there's going to be a lot of different types, like a lot of different makes of the same style, the same system. So, but yeah, I mean, if things get made open source, it's going to be like that. Yeah. And the thing is, is, you know, open source breeds, you know, competition and, you know, competition is good for business. And the thing is, is competition is good for science because somebody always well, wants to be better than the next guy. And the thing is, is then you get the people in there that says, hey, I want to be better than the next guy, but I want to help the next guy. You know, uh, that's, I think, where, you know, we're kind of at with a few things. I think that we're kind of on that brink of guess what? We need to have these conversations. We need to have this, you know, type of setup as far as, you know, orbital 3D printing to how do we support just not the common good on the ground, but how do we move this one and this one, you know, envelope forward that we're all passionate about? And that's, you know, spaceflight. 
how do you move that forward? And the thing is, is without out of manufacturing, you really can't. Yeah. And, and a lot of things like you've, if you go back in history, you look at like what made, um, a lot of innovation or what drove it. Unfortunately, it's, it's, it's conflicts. A lot of conflict happens and, and you, you get, you, you come up with this, either you stumble onto, um, uh, something that's like uh game breaking or you end up to you end up having to develop something uh because you're being either persecuted or or you're trying to take over something or some type of war maybe or financial gain um we see a lot of innovation around that and and then some of the other specialty topics that maybe don't affect as many people unfortunately it's 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 probably um it's probably going to happen a little bit hopefully it doesn't um but when you're going to a new realm like another frontier or they call it the final frontier um there's going to be a lot of grabbing because i i imagine that we're going to be if we can get to mars why can't we get um resources from like you know asteroids the asteroid belt Mm -hmm. makes sense so that and and inevitably if there's resources there's going to be some type of a fight for it yeah I can agree with that. You know, astronaut, you know, what is it? The mining of the asteroids is, like you said, it's going to cause, you know, our fair share of problems. Um, but, you know, I I really hope that, you know, the greater thing of, you know, you have, you know, astronauts that are from, you know, different different, different continents that, you know, really, yeah, exactly, that aren't, you know, the greatest of friends. You know, their countries are not the greatest of friends, but, you know, they're doing what they have to. Um, you know, for example, you know, we don't have anything right now, you know, going against Russia. It's just, you know, we have their own fair share of, uh, you know, problems, but we're sitting there. What is it? Monday or Friday this week, we're sending a Russian cosmonaut and four Americans to the international space station on board, um, uh, uh crew eight. Um, so, you know, it, it shows that, you know, you may not be the best of friends. Your countries may not be the best of friends, at least. But science is science. Um, the greater good is the greater good. Um, and, you know, I, re- I really think that, you know, hopefully, you know, with that, where we still keep that mindset that, you know, hey, we're going to build this for the greater good. Um, and I would love to see, you know, all the different space agencies, Roscosmo, um, Chinese Space Agency, which, you know, that's going to be a push. Um, JAXA, ESA, and, you know, NASA, of course, uh, along with, you know, all the other ones, you know, get together and create a added manufacturing environment that is conducive to um, scientific growth. Yeah. I mean, all these space agencies are just gaining that notoriety and they're getting better and better. I mean, uh, India landed a, landed a, um, uh, the first rover on the dark side of the moon or the first lander. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, Japan is launching rovers or launcher or landers to the moon, um, you know, uh, pretty often. I mean, yeah, I mean, just because it didn't work doesn't mean they didn't get there, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they speed up on reentry on, on landing. You know, they they haven't quite figured yeah. the slow down part yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, it's hard. I mean, it, it, like 
the the innovation in other departments or other fields are, is could like they're all going to contribute to us getting further. Uh, through additive manufacturing as a whole is is going to increase the ability to rapidly change environment and, and build into a new environment. Uh, but the, the development in computing and data science and, and AI and, and things like that that's going to inevitably drive um, how uh, how easy and how far we can get with uh, some of these automated, you know, landers or rovers or um, things like that. I mean, just can you imagine if one of, if Perseverance had a 3D printer on it and when the, <laughs> the Ingenuity uh, drone broke or whatever, it just printed its parts and attached it back? Yeah, that would be, you know, that'd definitely be something. Right? I like would... It would be it would be impressive. I mean, that's self-sustaining. Right. You know, and the thing is, is, you know, the, the, the drone was not ready to come out of re- go into retirement, but, you know, due to, you know, weather constraints, it did. You don't get to pick your time. I mean, and also it's hostile in space. Space doesn't want you to survive. Right, right. It does everything it can to kill you yeah. or kill the machine itself. And Mars doesn't have really an atmosphere, so you're pretty much in space. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, nothing there likes humans and nothing there likes anything human made. So you know, methane, right? Methane yeah. fields. <laughs> it, it, it's you know, it's like once you start going further and further, you start getting to the gas giants. They crush you before you even make an impact. Um, you know, you come down there as a crushed soda can. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so that's like what is it, Jupiter? Um, you know, by the yeah, by the Jupiter's <laughs> Jupiter's strange because it's the first like the, what we see at least is not the surface of Jupiter. Right. And it's like you start talking about like Saturn and stuff like that. You start coming through that. You know, if we can start sending, you know, three, uh, I know we're going to kind of go a little bit over time here, but sending 3D printed, um, um, you know, pieces, you know, into that environment that are solid, you know, and stuff like that, that are full of sensors, we may be able to finally, you know, reach the surface, you know, without it completely crushing something. Because every time we send in a, you know, some sort, and I know the signal dies after the first couple thousand feet, but, you know, at least we get something there. Right now we're getting, you know, tin can junk, you know, to the surface, even if it, even if it makes it, which I don't, most of the time, I don't think even it makes it there. I think it no. burns up on reentry. Yeah, that's also something that, uh, that is pretty tough. We're losing some of those resources that we're, um, we're not getting back the resources. No return on investments. A little bit limited on some of those things, those failed missions. And I mean, it's the it's the risk of you know innovation. Um, yeah. But um, it's unfortunately sometimes we have to fail before we get it right. But um, thank God Neil Armstrong took the controls when he landed. Um, <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, but that would have been a, a, a fun problem. <laughs> could have been a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, could have been a little bit more hairy than he would have wanted. Yeah, no. You know, definitely need new shorts on that, on that, on that, on that stop. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is you know, hopefully, you know, atom manufacturing helps with 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 you know anything space related. Um, you know, we're all for it. You know, we're all to support it too. Um, you know, hopefully, we get involved with a little bit of it too. You know, we'll see, but. You know, I think that brings us to the the end of 
of this week's episode. Yeah, you're gonna have to stop us. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing this rabbit hole thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, the thing is, is I want to take time and I want to say thank you, thank you to every single person who's ever t- who's tuned in to listen, and who continues to tune in. You know, we're at two thousand two hundred and forty-one. I have been seeing a lot of people tuning into the episode on on YouTube. So, you know, while you're there, go ahead, go ahead and subscribe. We do get a couple likes. So, you know, go ahead and like and subscribe on the episodes that you enjoy. You know, leave us a, 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 a comment. You know, where you're from? What are you working on? Um, you know, just so we can see it. We'll respond back to you. I promise. Um, you know, and whenever we do get the uh, the new um, uh, 3D scanner, you know, I'll make sure if it's just me or it's everybody, we'll do a um, – a, you know, an unboxing of the 3D scanner to show everybody what it is. Um, get everybody kind of excited about it, have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah, I'm curious to scan. So, <laughs> and, you know, the thing is, is go out and check out our other stuff that we got going on, the blogs, stuff like that, the shorts. We're going to be adding more and more to that. I promise we've been, it's been kind of hectic lately. You know, going for going for a doctor, it really doesn't help anything. Um, no, so, split for time. Right. So, you know, from my side, I want to say thank you. You know, I appreciate you all, you know, and, uh, you know, I hope you all have a good one. Yeah, and I, and I echo um, I echo Nick here. Pretty much always, always very appreciative having having a platform that anyone would listen to or um, even if you're not listening, I'm still, it's still nice to have the platform. And uh, I mean, we definitely see, see listeners. So uh, if you guys are uh, interested or curious or have questions on anything, go ahead and um, Go ahead and toss some uh, some questions uh, towards us. We have definitely uh, we've got Instagram X. Uh, you can go to the website Volcanara. Um, check out the printed heritage and all that stuff too. Um, you can get some some nice lithophanes and, and things like that. And if there's any questions or concerns or even requests that you guys have, we're open. We're open yeah. to hearing them. So and we're definitely you know planning a. A, a live stream or a set of live streams soon you know maybe do a volcanara you know we gotta make sure he's moved in <laughs> you know <laughs> you know do a power hours and want that with everybody um you know and have those conversations and you know maybe start a patreon soon so we'll see you know kind of do a little bit of something special with you so yeah. Yeah. but you know thank you yeah. Yeah. y'all have you that's all for this episode of tech at lunch thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.